This is AI Podcast, not artificial intelligence, agency intelligence. Our team's going to be 10 times stronger than all the other teams. A platform for agents. When people think of niche marketing, they're thinking so small scale. In real life agencies, sharing their thoughts. All you need to do is get in front of more people. To transform an industry. Better coverages, uh, better pricing, just better everything. Real. The difference between givers, takers, and matchers. Agents. I guess I took a slightly different path coming to the agency. I know a lot of agencies. You can partner your clients with those companies that are looking for that specific target market. This is AI Podcast. Are you ready? I am. Let's go. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another episode of Agency Intelligence Podcast, where I do give you real agents. It's me, it's her, because you know today if you listened, it's Caitlin. I do give you inside real agencies, our agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence, and that today is going to be the Great Separator update, which you probably already listened to the first one, um, which was uh, which had to do with people. And today I wanted to talk about process. And so I happen to have a little inside scoop on the fact that Caitlin, she's hard to get a hold of. She's a big, you know, she's mom. She's a a startup coach. But when I call her, she, you know, she usually hits me back. So I kind of have that, guys. And so I said, Caitlin, this, I need you on this podcast. And so she is here with me. Uh, Hello, Caitlin. How are you doing? Hey, Jason, I'm doing fantastic, and I'm kind of pumped about people and processes. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that is a thing. Yeah, and we can go back to people. That's a very good point because you said you listened to it, and I've had some feedback from other listeners that we can maybe bring back on. But as you guys know as loyal listeners, it's data people process. That is what I built the great separator on. So data is something I'm going to bring on. I've got a couple data guys that we're going to bring on, and I talk about data a lot. But data is something that's something you need to know about today, but it's it's okay if you're putting that off right now. Process, your people, <laughs> there's, there's no push in putting that off. You actually are probably very frustrated in the car right now because something just happened at your office because you didn't have a process and your people are making you mad. And really, that's a leadership issue, right? So that's what we're here to talk about today. Exactly. Isn't that right, Caitlin? Yeah. So the, the people and the processes are kind of happening to us right now, whether we like it or not. That's right. Oh, That's yeah. right. That's right. That's right. So when we talked about people, we talked about the different type of people we had, and then we had the agency models. Okay. Those agency models. And for all you guys that watch it on YouTube, I actually shared my screen on here, Caitlin, but I forgot to tell the team. And so they only put me on there. So I'm sitting there talking about this thing that's on the screen. So loyal listeners, I f- please forgive me for that. It's um, okay. We were pretty sure it was us and not you. <laughs> so, 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 <laughs> yeah, it's true. So, so when we have the traditional model, we have the models of the traditional, the modern, the hybrid, and then the um, the automated, okay? And I believe that there's not a lot of automated. I won't necessarily go through all that again, but it was the weapon of choice is where I got a lot of feedback, Caitlin. I got a lot of feedback in the fact that it was kind of like... Um, Hey, I'd never heard that being a discipline. Whenever I wrote The Great Separator and came up with that part, I didn't think of the weapon of choice, right? Like the thing that that agency goes to when times get tough or we're too busy. Mm -hmm. Um, We go, like some of them, I think the traditional was uh, hire another CSR, 
You know, the modern is hire a CSR and put them with a little bit of technology, right? Um, so, so, so those are the things that we see out there. What did you think about that initially? Did you have any well, questions on that? Because I got feedback. When you start, I was following and I'm like, this is good. This is good. And then you start talking about the automated agency of the future. And I was like, whoosh, <laughs> like my pretty ridiculous. I feel like I'm, you know, when you're like watching a sci-fi and you're like, oh, crap. That's crazy. I'm not sure if I want that to happen in the future or not, but right. it's happening. <laughs> and, and, and you know what? And it's, and it's important that you bring that up real quick. Let's talk about that. Because an automated agency may not take over your hybrid or modern. It may be something you're going to see people build on the side of their current agency. It's going to run mm -hmm. parallel. What does that look like real quick? I have a bunch of money that I put into Google Ads that I put into Facebook. I maybe have one service staff. If I do, I probably don't even need that. And all I do is I run people to a company like a hippo or to a Plymouth rock where they have a QBI quote, bind an issue. And all I do is drive them to there. They do their own quote on the API by the link they click in. I get credit for it as an insurance agent. I get 12% once it's sold. We've looked at some of those um, companies already. That's how I built this book. And about 7 to 10% of the leads that go through, go through um, unassisted. They're about, and they, and they buy around anywhere between 10 to 14% need assisted. They need a call, a text, a something, right? But when they buy, it's all done paperless. And Caitlin, we don't do the service. The service work is done by the insurance company. So you can literally see how I do nothing but put money into marketing that then translates over to nothing but sales. And, and we didn't touch anything and we didn't do anything. And like I said, that's why I see that running parallel. That Now, I think that there may be a 12-year-old girl or guy right now who doesn't realize that's going to be their agency when they're 25, but I don't see that <laughs> happening right now. What so do you think? The, what's crazy and what blows my mind about this is that um, by the way, the podcast team is is texting me. So sorry if that little ding ding came up on <laughs> <That's> screen. <okay. laughs> me too. Um, They're at it early today. So this is where it gets really like crazy. Is that in that automated agency model of the future, the light bulb moment I had it is that the difference between the modern agency and the automated agency is that the CSR in the automated agency isn't actually a CSR. They're a they're in charge of customer experience, but not the way we know customer experience today. They're a marketing expert. They're a branding expert. They're thinking about how your client is experiencing this digital journey. That's a completely different skill set. It's a completely different person. It's a completely different degree. It's mm. not at all mm. like our model today. And, and you I know, it's like, like it's like the kid. It, excuse me, sorry. No, Sorry. I was just like, oh my gosh, like it's, it's, it's crazy. the kid, it's the kid that we hire today from college for, to do our marketing and doesn't have any of the skills, right? Doesn't know how to do video editing. Doesn't know how to do audio editing. Doesn't know how to post on social. Doesn't understand how to run digital ads. I'm sorry to say Ohio State University, and I just chose them out of nowhere, that you need to be teaching that. Like that needs to be a course that like if I could hire that person, I'd pay him $50 an hour because you know what I do now? I pay a person in India $50 an hour on Fiverr or Upwork to do the type of things that they're not equipping it. 
Caitlin, yeah. thank you very much for bringing that up. That is a different of a transformation of what that CSR looks like, you know? And think of what that CSR looks like in the traditional agency as that thing morphs through to that, like literally becomes a different person as it rolls through. It is. And I think that one of the things that I want to talk about today is like what processes should look like in a modern agency today or even a hybrid agency today, because that's where we are now. Mm -hmm. That's and right. That's exactly we right. We can talk about, you know, what that we can land the plane on what that looks like on a day to day basis. But if we're preparing ahead of time for this uh, crazy automated agency of the future, we have to start learning marketing and branding and these crazy things now that, um, how do you, how are you going to interact with clients online in that digital world and what it's going to feel like to them? And what are the skills that we need to know to be ready for that? So it doesn't just like, <laughs> you're exactly <laughs> right. We're not ready. So, so how do we eliminate hiring CSRs? Okay. Let's, let's let, let Jason back up. We're not going to eliminate CSRs. We're talking about modern and we're talking about hybrid and maybe even traditional because a lot of we're not talking about automated anymore, uh, loyal listeners. So what we're talking about now, though, is how do we prevent that weapon of choice from being CSR driven all the time? Not just totally technology, but I think that's where we go into process. Right. I think a lot of times we think we need to hire another person, but actually, if we just put down some processes, we'd figure out that probably you freed up a lot of time. Um, that that is one of the one of the ways. And so, Caitlin, I want to project onto this process. And as you and I talked a little bit, there's process that we have when we could do, deal with our carriers. There's mm -hmm. process we have when we deal with our customers or prospects. And then there's and then there's um, uh, um, there's process that we have in internally with our own staff. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is something that you really concentrate big on. I mean, I know you're a lot of the welcoming, the upfront. But every time I talk to you about certain things that you teach me, Caitlin, there's always a process to it. Right. There's always a script to it, which a script is a process. Right. It's a tool totally. in the process, you know, that we're using here. So what would you say about this and where do you really want to start? Where do you feel comfortable or we can shotgun it? I, I think that, I mean, let's just start with how watered down the words are, right? Like when we say scripts and processes, we've heard them so many times. We're just like, oh, like it's kind of like that's data. Good point. That's a very I'm good the, point. When somebody's talking about data, that's not where I live every day. So it just kind of, you know, so. Right. Makes sense. I would argue that you already have scripts. You already have processes. It's your way of doing things. And I, I stole that from Billy Williams because he, uh, you know, he, he was, uh, I think he may have been talking about how we, you know, manage our time or, or something along those lines. He's like, you're, you already our time a lot. You already have a schedule. You just might not be spending your time on the things you want to be spending your time on. And that, that's how I feel about scripts right. and processes. So it's when I talk about processes, what I'm really thinking about is, okay, you, you probably already have a way of doing things today, but mm -hmm is it scalable? And if we mm. want other people to be able to carry that torch on so that we're not the ones that are doing everything all of the time and have all of our hands in all of the pots, then you have to figure out how you're going to be really good at processes. And that's good stuff. If you do that, you're going, you're, you're going to be able to bring people on board where it's easier for you to replicate what you're doing. So, if you've been handling all the marketing in your agency and you want to bring on a marketing specialist, you're going to have to have processes for that person. If you've been doing all of the recruiting in your agency and you want to work with a recruiting agency or a recruiter or hire a recruiter, 
there's going to have to be processes because now you're not the only person that's involved in getting so this from point A to point B. And the more hands you have in the pot, the more confusing it is. So if you want it to be scalable, so if you want to sell a lot of new business and you're going to have tons of salespeople and you're going to have sales managers and you're going to have service people, then you have to have a process for how you're going to pass that client from all the people on the sales team that have been working with that client over to your your VAs who may then pass it back to your CSRs. If you don't have a process, it it gets really crappy and really frustrating really fast. Really <laughs> it fast. Makes it really, really hard to to scale because then everything's just breaking and falling apart. Um, but I think that I think that the hard part to unpack there, Jason, is that I think most business owners that we're talking to get that like processes are a good thing and we should probably have them and they might even want them. But different personalities are good at different things, right? And so Mm -hmm. there's really only a maybe 25% of the population that's built to be the kind of person where this comes to you naturally. That's right. I Yeah, that's very well said. Very few come to it naturally. That is right. It's hard to build them. And then it's hard to get other people in your agency to follow them. It is. Okay. So if you can't get them to fire them, you just or follow them, you just fire them. That's that simple. No, I'm joking. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so, so anyways, I wanted to throw that out there. So That's one of the things, so let's talk about this. Let's go through the customer journey, okay. right? Of a customer calling in and what that process could be like. We're not going to get in the dirt, but we're not going to be in the clouds. We're going to kind of be at, at a mid uh, um, elevation there. So let's say that the person calls in. I've heard Nicholas Ayers say this a lot um, about agents who say they want leads, right? This is another thing that's up your uh, up your alley. But they don't realize that when they start to get leads without a process, it's actually very stressful, right? Because not only are you just losing money because you're not properly going through the leads, but also at the same time, I mean, you just you're you're getting backed up and stressed out as as to how that's coming. This is like right at the beginning of the customer calling you. Process is essential, and uh, what we're doing there. Am I right? Love it. And so I could probably give you guys like five or ten or twenty of the most important processes that you have to have in your agency. But your sales process, like, let's just start there. Because if you're not selling new business, it's <laughs> kind of hard to scale and grow. So right. you have to be able to replace the clients that you're losing. And you have to be able to grow and bring new clients on board so that your book of business can get bigger and bigger and bigger over time. And so you can diversify your portfolio and all of that great stuff. So start with the sales process. And I'll give you guys a, a spoiler alert because I unravel this in my podcast episode that's coming up on scripts. But you your sales process includes the scripts that you're using to talk to this client. So at point A, when you call them on the the lead comes in, you call them on the phone, you're speaking with them for the first time. If you have a, if you don't have a script and a process for how your team is going to introduce your agency to that client, and they don't know how to explain what an independent agency does to someone who's been with a captive agency for 25 years, or they think that their job is to help the client find the cheapest rate, your sales process is already broken down within True. the first two minutes. So building out your sales process is really figuring out what you want that conversation and that client experience to look and feel like so that that 
branding of your agency happens right up front. You're creating a buying experience for the client, not just punching in data that one day a computer is going to be able to do for you. Correct. So one of the first things that you can do is script out how your team is going to introduce to the client who you are, what you do, and how you're going to solve their problem. I don't recommend doing it in the first 30 seconds. You want to spend the first couple of minutes finding out about the client, but when it's time to, they need to have something better to say than great, great, great. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you some questions. We're going to find out, we're going to shop it for you. I work with 40 carriers. I'm going to find something cheaper because they're going to end up buying a policy through, you know, whatever carrier, Safeco Nationwide Travelers, and they're going to walk away thinking that they're a client of Safeco Nationwide or Travelers and not even know your agency exists. So I would start here. Um, so, but that's just kind of uh, one so of the- Caitlin, So Caitlin, so let me, let me bring this up. You bring up some great points. So you kind of just um, uh, from a higher level, just brought in uh, what that first point looks like, right? They call in, scripts are important, can't wait. Little shout out. You do have a, a, a podcast coming out on that. Looking forward to that. But you then, you do the script, so you can almost like section that off, right? One of the things I want to say, and when I say section it off, like we've, the calls come in, how we talk to them, the script that we give them, how we collect the information, and then what's the next part of the process, right? Whatever that may be. One of the things I want to back up to a lot of you agency owners, sales managers, anything to understand is we all talk about raising our retention, right? Because we realize that that is a result of our sales, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, of our service. But we don't sometimes always worry about what our closing ratio is, which is the exact same result as retention is to service as new businesses to sales, right? So I think sometimes when we go, a lot of agencies know their retention and they may think it, you know, they know it's somewhere between 88 to 92. They don't know the exact, but they've got pretty close numbers. Right. Most people don't have a damn clue what their, what their closing ratio is. I mean, and honestly, it's, it's one of the easiest thing to find, right? How many leads came in? How many we sold? How many we didn't sell? It's one of the most easiest damn things. And I'll, and I'll beat up the AMS systems on that. They give a terrible journey to be able to track that um, for it. But it's one of the easiest processes. Okay. Um, so I think that and that's important. It's also a number your team will be able to understand and digest. But you hit the nail on the head. Like that. Retention starts with your very first conversation with the client. And I think that the number one killer of retention is your clients don't know who the heck your agency is. You, you say that a lot, Caitlin, you're really big on that, about branding that agency right off the front. And I don't, I don't hear a lot of other people really talk about that. Rock stars. I do rock star consultants, rock star coaches, but you, you're more than that. You're actually living it and breathing it, but you do talk about that really building that brand off the first couple minutes. It, it wasn't the case when I was a captive agent, when I was a captive agent, the number one killer of retention was the premiums increased every single year and there was nothing we could do about it. So the strongest agent process I had to have in my agency was our renewal premium increase process, which by the gotcha. way, you know, worked really well and it was awesome. And it's totally possible to keep 91% of your clients auto and home over a five year period of time, even in that environment, if you have a really strong process, but on the independent world, we, we take for granted that the client doesn't know who the heck our agency is. They think they're, you can't say like, oh, you know, I'm with my Allstate agent as easily because they might have their auto with Safeco, their home with Nationwide or what have you, or their business commercial line with Progressive. And where does your agency 
get lost in that shuffle. One of the reasons that I love Glove, Glove Box, by the way, is it kind of gives mm-hmm. them a place to manage all their policies in one place with your, your agency branding on there. Um, but I started to realize when I was listening to calls, um, and by the way, if, if you're bought in and you're like, okay, the sales process is the number one most important thing I'm going to knock out first, start listening to calls and taking notes. Come on. And, yes. And you've, you've got to figure out what's going on in your agency, get your ears to the ground, figure out what your people are saying and count how many times they've mentioned your agency name during the quoting process. Okay. Did they make it I like that. I'm learning here. without even mentioning your agency name or only mentioning it once in the first 30 seconds? And then listen to your CSRs. Did they just add a new car and, you know, make sure that the client downloaded Glovebox and then didn't mention your agency name or reinforce the value that your agency provides? So when I say branding, what I mean is like clients have to have a reason to stay with you. There's a ton of competition out there. So we need to have a process for making sure that we're building that relationship and that they know who we are, what's in it for them to stay with the agency, how we're going to solve their problems. So great, Caitlin, because I always think more of the process of more of the technical stuff, which you do too. But this is great how you're running this parallel to say there's got to be a process for how we're building our brand. I really, 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 truly like that. That's 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 good stuff. The technical stuff is important, but the where things stand today, there's still a person that's going to click a button somewhere in your CRM or your agency management system that's going to send that email out. Your people still have to know what their role is in the process. And right now, the way agencies stand today, it's it's really people heavy. I mean, there's still a ton of stuff going on in the agency where people have to know what what their mission is, why they're there, how they're going to pull it off, or else you're just going to have a bunch of people doing things their own way, re- reinventing the wheel every day. It's not going to be cohesive. It's not going to be scalable. And they're not going to you're not going to be replicating yourself, assuming that you're stronger at some of these processes than they are. And so it makes it really, really hard to get to the automated automation and delegation and technology side of things if we don't have that core foundation. Did you hear that virtual intelligence and on-hand VAs actually merge? That's right. I was talking to Michael Cruz and checking out what he has there with his Colombian workers. And I said to him, dude, what's up? You realize you're not a VA, right? He said, what do you mean? I said, you're a VE. Look it up on ChatGPT. I encourage you to do that too. He's got forward-facing VEs. VEs that can answer the phone and take questions 30 days in. You say yes to Michael. I want what you have. In 30 days, that's what he delivers. I said, Michael, this is unbelievable. We're strong in the front, but we're really strong in the back end. You provide the external VE for us. We provide the internal VE. I looked at him. I said, buddy, let's do this together. Let's let's do this. And he looked at me and he put out his hand and like a good solid Cuban American, he said, Jason, I'm committed. Let's do it. And that's what we did. We flew to Columbia. We saw his operation and you need to see it too. Give us a little click at virtual Intel. That's with two L's. That's virtual I N T E L L dot com. Go check us out. See what we're doing. High quality VEs mixed with technology delivered right into your agency. And you don't have to do all the things that you don't like to do, like hiring, firing, recruiting, recreating, trying to find processes. Just there's so much stuff. I can't even say it right. That's right. Virtual Intel cast certified.
We don't. We don't. I, I think that that's important. So, so we move it from, we collected the information, we're moving it. One of the things that we have to, that we've got to look at here, which is important, you know, I've said before with the customer, with the great separator and, 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 uh, and customer service is just foreplay, is that it went from customer service to expecting that to the customer experience. Here's where I think we messed up in the customer experience that I think brings us into the great separator is that it's not so much the experience that you dictate to be best for the client. You're talking here, Caitlin, about asking questions. Here's who our agency is. Why did you decide to reach out to us? Any problems that we're having? I try to teach that to my staff. Go a minute, at least two minutes, and don't even talk about insurance other than yes. what created this phone call, right? It's like it's like Kelly said. Yes. Kelly said to me one time, she said, Jason, when someone decides to buy insurance, they have two choices. They can go online and purchase it, or they can purchase it through an agent. When they call you, they decided to purchase it through an agent, Jason. Realize that. That was powerful for me to be like, and I tell that to my steam or my team, my steam to my team. And I really, really think that that is vital when, when she said something like that, but then it goes to the next part, which is why don't we keep this processes? Why do we not listen to calls, Caitlin? Because the next part is the hardest holding the personable accountable. Doesn't mean getting them in trouble, but helping them and going to them and saying, Hey, you never mentioned our company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I want you to, hey, when they said this, make sure that you kind of emphasize what we do there because that's vital because other people don't, right? That's the part. That's the hard part. Yes. You got to go to that and hold it accountable. And that's where Billy says accountability is a form of discipline. So when we have self-accountability. We have accountability with another person, technology and outsourcing. You can now start to see that some of that process, as soon as that leads comes in to you collecting the information to it going somewhere else has to be done by an agent, of course, in this situation. But the discipline, I think, is where agency owners get scared. And I think the technology is there to help them with that discipline. This is what, what I love about the technology and the automation part. I don't love it because it means we have more time to, you know, do the golfing or, you know, I love being out on the water. It's so that you can do the things that only you can do. So you're, you might be the only person in your agency that can tell your team whether or not what they just said aligns with your agency brand. You, today, you might be the only person that can decide how we're going to introduce our agency or how we're going to respond when the client says, hey, my, my, I'm buying a new house and the closing date's tomorrow. How are we going to respond to that client show up for them? You might be the best person in your agency to do that right now. So you might be the best person in your agency to decide who should work there. You might be the best person to decide what kind of marketing you feel like chasing down because it's going to be a lot of work. Mm hmm and so if you can figure out where the technology and automation fits in, where it makes sense for your agency today, it helps free it up so that you can do those other things. Correct. So we kick it from the head sales over to our VAs. Our VAs have a process of how they do it, where they put it in, what company first, based on the information. The VAs don't know as much as the in-house salesperson, but they know if the person's got two recs or more, there's usually the certain three or four places we're going to go. Usually a cleaner with no guidance from the salesperson coming in. They see it's a clean risk. They kind of know where to go. They're just, they're so good at what they do. Give a shout out to Agency VA for uh, Marvin and May and my agency. They're just, they're just incredible. They're absolutely incredible. Um, and so when we do that, they then do the quotes, clean it up, 
get it to where it's about 95, 90%? Because I don't think a VA could ever get it exact. And I think that's important for you agency owners out there. You want a VA to take it down to the penny and then give it back to the agent. How unfair is that? They didn't even talk to the client. They're like looking at information on a sheet, you know, but then it goes back to our person and then they have a process, a script right? We had the script at the beginning. This is, this is something Kelly's working on for us right now. So we don't have it yet, but you don't necessarily realize that like, there's kind of a script at the end, right? There's a way that we need oh, yeah. to close this. This is a way that our agency does this. You want to talk a little bit about that? Cause that's something a lot of agents don't think about. They think of the script up front, but they don't think about it on the back end. So when you're building your sales process, it, it it's super overwhelming because you're thinking like, oh my gosh, like, where do I even start? And there were years, I was probably an insurance five or six years before we finally sat down and just whiteboarded it out and just decided what is it that we're doing that's working. So I'll just give you some of the big chunks to start on. So we talked about how are you gonna introduce your agency to a client? Another big chunk and is whether you're gonna quote them live or you're going to um, gather information, set up an appointment, have a VA build the quote and call them back, whichever way you're gonna go. So you gotta figure that part out. And then the closing of the sale, you have to plan your pitch. So this has to go in your sales process. And you have to, well, the, the way I came up with plan the pitch is just from listening to calls, Jason. All it takes is listen to a couple calls and you'll be twitching and you'll be sweating and be like, oh my God, this is so bad. <laughs> I can't believe they just said that. No one so will ever buy this. And so you're spending all this money on marketing and leads or Google ads or whatever you're doing, or you're out at the chamber begging people to please do business with us. And then you send a perfect lead over to your salesperson and they didn't plan their pitch. And, and, and if you don't have a process for this, what you're going to end up with is what I call the no close, just no close at all, where they're just like, all right, Javier, I got good news, man. It's 887. I emailed the quote last week. Did you get it? It's 887. I mean, like, what's Javier supposed to say? What's he supposed to do? Caitlin, Caitlin, <laughs> give us a Caitlin, give us a little bit of breakdown because I think we've heard that, hey, this is who we are, this is how we collect our information. How does I know it depends on the client, right? We got a lot of different, but how sure. does that kind of go, that 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 closing there? As far as like how yeah. how the close should sound. Yeah, that, that's exactly right. Like it, it came in, right? The, the lead, now it's time to call them. Is there a process that you teach of this is how you deliver that? So absolutely. And there's a, a couple steps. Let's say that you've made it to the end where you know what the price is going to be. Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's, let's assume together that we probably shouldn't be talking about price until we know what the price is. So don't let the raider trap you into being like, well, it's looking like it's going to be 1253, but hmm, if I do telematics, it'll actually be 1122. Well, let me, did you say you pay in full or that that's just that's way too confusing. So we've all assumed that we already know what the price is at this point. And so planning your pitch means okay, your your salesperson, they're like just dying to get the price out because it's awkward and they just want to get it over with. True. So it means you're slowing it down and you're saying, okay, I've, I've checked the discounts. I've um, looked at the different carriers. I've made sure that we've talked about the coverages. They understand why this policy is better than what they had before. And I know how they like to pay. I know if they like to pay in full or monthly because that's going to impact the actual price. So I know mm -hmm. what their price is now. 
And then I just say, okay, great, Javier, I have great news. So for all the coverages we talked about, for your cars in your home, it's only $12.87 for the next year. And I know you like to pay through your, your Chase account. What's that account number, Javier? That's how you go. Something so closed on that you didn't like talk to him about the coverages and figure out Correct. if you want telematics or easy pay or monthly or pay in full. Just make it simple and easy for your clients. If you mentioned five different prices, you you actually made it really painful. <laughs> not you, you really, truly did because there's a lot going on. Um, you said it very well, Caitlin. Very good because one of the things that a lot of loyal listeners are listening right now and we're like, oh, oh, I don't know if I could do that. You know, what you said is key. You're be fair here, loyal listeners. You're taking a snippet of what she is saying is like an hour or two hour process. You know, there was 10, 15, 20 minutes taken up front mm -hmm. where we collected the information. Right. We were friends. Yeah. You know, I'm it's actually a big ass goofball, Caitlin. I mean, if you listen to me on the phone, like I have a problem because I'm training this new inside salesperson and he's kind of like me. So he's, I mean, I'm goofy. I mean, I'll straight up tell him, I'll be like, I, I can't hear you on the phone. Are, are you busy drinking a margarita right now? I mean, it's nine o'clock on Friday. You have to be a real person. <laughs> I am. I am so real. It's ridiculous. Travis, if I'm ever in the uh, Centralia office and he hears me talking to somebody, he's like, oh my God, because he's like Mr. Professional. You know, that's just how he is. And with our professional clients, <laughs> you don't put Jason in front of them. Uh, <laughs> if they're a really, really A type personality, it's yeah. like, Travis, you're going to lead this one, right? Because he he can relate to those people. I can't. I'm here to have fun I, and cover you correctly. You know what I mean? I miss selling because I used to love being. Oh my gosh, Shirley, you work 12 hours. Girl, put your feet up. Like, and, I, and like, oh, I know, I know. It's just those people at the, you know, and then like you can have a real conversation with your client. So I always get them to tell me something they're doing that day. Whenever I'm speaking to them and collecting information. Now, this is, oh. I haven't, guys, loyal listeners, you know, I don't do personal lines much anymore. So I really don't do this much anymore. Um, but I used to do that. So when I would call them back, I would be like, hey, by the way, did you take, did you get the dog taken in? It was always a relay to relate back that we were talking about something right. other than insurance. Right. And then it's like, oh, and who doesn't like talking about their dog? You know, who doesn't like talking about their kids or something that they're going to do unless they're going to the dentist. And then you turn it the other way. Right. Be like, oh, my God, did you make it through that? I can actually understand you. It's so um, much better than and and what's your square footage again? <laughs> but when you talk to your team about like building rapport, building relationships, getting to know your clients, they need your guidance and how to do that strategically. Because it's probably going to come mm. naturally to them when you tell them that it's okay to be casually confident, relaxed, and talk to your client like a normal person. They can probably figure out how to do that and how to talk about, you know, the things that person cares about, their golfing, their kids, their dog. But how they tie it into your sales process is where they're going to be really relying on you. They're probably going to have a harder time figuring that out just on their own independently. So they need you to come in and say, hey... Um, part of building relationships is we have to know how we're going to talk to people that aren't in the same stage of life that we are. So if you're talking to a retired person, then here's how you carry, like get to know them asking, oh my gosh, well, what, what industry did you retire from? Tell me about it. But then you're also going to tie it into, um, the other needs, the other coverages that they may have the landlord that you're talking to. There's questions you, you need to know how to talk to a landlord, a retired person, a business owner, a single mom, you need to be able to talk to a household that has a teen driver. 
Come, so come, 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 chameleon, <laughs> come and go. That was a good song, right? I remember that song. That was good. You got me thinking of that. We got to do karaoke sometime. <laughs> I do have a karaoke. My wife, my wife bought me one. I said I'll never use it. I, I have a concert <laughs> every Friday. So I, I, so, I have a concert every Friday. I'm serious. I just loves karaoke is uh, Justin Agar. Loves him some karaoke. So. Dude, him and I are going to have a good time. If yeah. he's able to come to Brainshare, we're going to do it. Okay, yeah. now listen to this. I'm changing this up because it's my podcast and – I just think that we've went way farther than we're supposed to. Okay. So loyal listeners, we're going to do two more of these and the next one's going to be on people, but actually internal communications or communications with the carrier. And we're going to get very descriptive like this, right? Because there's, those are different conversations. And I think that uh, you can understand with, with Caitlin's expertise, the reason why I brought her or brought her on here. Now, now Caitlin, let's go back real quick though. As we wrap this up, I want to talk about this. And then I also want to get a little hint about quantum and some of the stuff that you guys have going on over there. But Jason, I'm listening to this for the last 34 minutes. What the hell does this have to do with the great separator? Because we gave you things that you've been told for a long time that you need to do. Caitlin's told you, I've told you, we've shown you success of many agents out there. You know that you're not just hearing this from me and Caitlin. You're hearing this from, you're reading about it. You're hearing everywhere that process is important inside of your business. Everything that we're asking you to do and how you felt so uncomfortable as we were talking, that's the part you're growing. And if you keep ignoring that, you're going to get separated. We talked about having a digital ecosystem. We talked about being paperless. We talked about being able to have VoIP phones so that your people can work away. We talked about having iPads and laptops so that they can work away, not seeing them in the office all the time, dictating that's how successful they are. And then COVID happened and you were in trouble. I, this is what we're talking about. This is the great separator. These are the things that you've always been told you have to do that because of residual income, you never had to, but it's going to change and it's going to change fast. And God, I hope it doesn't co change like COVID because that was even quick for me and I was prepared. <laughs> you know, I was like, whoa. Um, so right, Caitlin, am I not right? That's what this great separator is, is we're telling them nothing other than things they need to know or they already do know. Except it's time to put this in practice. Your ROI of your business is not how much you're going to get back in money from the processes you put in place. Your ROI is going to be the fact that your agency will be around in five to seven years. Think of that. That's it's what we're talking planning. about. Great separator. What do you say about that, Caitlin? Yeah, it's about planning and executing because that's what your team is relying on you as the business owner to lead the charge in. And you lead the charge. And if you don't, you're going to lose your people and you're going to lose them to quantum or you're going to lose them to Cass. And then the ones that don't want to do the process are going to leave Cass and leave quantum and come find you. Right. So this is just the way that it is. It's one of the reasons I was thinking about this, Caitlin, after I did my podcast last time. It's one of the reasons why it's so hard to move from a public school system to a to a voucher private school system. So. In Texas, it costs around nine to $10,000 roughly for each one of your kids to go to school. So, but you are stuck inside the district, right? It would be like equivalent of somebody saying, hey, you can only go to that taco joint that's uh, right around your corner because that's the only one in your district. You can't go to the taco joint that right. you really like, you know, four counties away. That's what we do in school. So Warren Buffett said one time, and I'm going to relate back to this. He said, why don't we give vouchers of $10,000 to 
Justin and Caitlin and say, here's two $10,000 vouchers. You take your kid where you want to. Now that starts to change the game because Caitlin and Justin are going to do a little research and they're going to go, that school over there is the best school. Why? Because they have the best teachers. That's where we're going to go. Well, guess what happens? Those schools which want to get the best students are going to start doing what? Excuse me, I have a very itchy. Are going to start paying more to their teachers. And they're going to expect more out of their teachers. And the good students are going to go there that pay the money. That's what happens. It becomes like a, it's not equal now because now you're going to have other schools that are going to get the leftover teachers. And then those students aren't going to be necessarily treated the same way. So one's a government institution and what has to remain equal. We're talking about a capitalistic business here, but you can kind of see the relation, right? Like once the good yeah. all start to go someplace, that's where all the good start to go. So that's where we're going. That's the great separator uh, agency owners. Wow. Because you've talked so, about, you know, different times on your podcast, guests have talked about retraining the client, what to expect out of the insurance experience. But I think you just touched on how this is about retraining your team, what to expect about what it's like working in an insurance agency, too. Mm. Mm. All right. As you guys know, loyal listeners, Caitlin, I need you. I know you take notes over there. I want you to make sure that you write that down because I think that could be an eye-opening thing for us. And the next one we're going to do is going to do process. And yes, we talked about process. And yes, we talked about people. And we also talked about data a little bit, but we always kind of throwing that aside. You, you <laughs> threw it in there. Oh, yeah. What is your square footage? It's important, <laughs> right? Think of the day we don't have to ask that question because the data is there. Where's your value then, right? If you don't have a script and that's the only thing you're asking are those boring questions, what do you ask those boring questions when all of a sudden you already know all those answers? So anyways, um, we're going to get back to that. So loyal listeners, look forward to that. We'll tackle one of the next ones, internal processes or process with your carriers. Um, process with your carriers is cool because I think I do have some data to show you on that, not don't care about the data. It's the data of what I can show with my neon of what we're doing, how we're doing it, how long it's taken companies to interact with us, who's the fastest. That's now some of the data that we can show. And I don't want to go on data, but I want us to see that there is a process and we have different processes because our carriers put different processes on us and we can start to relate. And Caitlin, I've said this before, and my loyal listeners, it really gets them, especially the carriers, is that I believe that the carriers, I don't have proof yet, but I can prove it eventually. The carriers that put the most work on the agencies are the ones that pay the biggest bonus. I don't know that yet, but I think I'm right because they're, they feel guilty rather than, rather than going and investing in data collection or investing in things that they should be doing, they push it off to the agent. But they also know that the staff is the one that deals with those headaches and the agency owner sees nothing but the bonus check that rolls in around February or March. Right. So there's a disconnect there on how we need to be co communicating process to say, hey, wait a minute. I, I understand company A is giving us a lot of money, but look over here how much work we have to do extra. Right. So that's some of the stuff that we're going to talk about to the loyal listeners. OK, that's fascinating. Caitlin, I want to turn it over to you, though, real quick. How is quantum? I know you guys have been doing a lot. Uh, what was it? September of 2019. 
Um, you guys opened up. So essentially, you've really only been in business, I like to say, about nine or 10 months because we just don't count 2020. <laughs> it's just like, even though we grew, probably you did too. Um, how has Quantum been since uh, September of tw uh, 2019 and the last time we talked about it? What are you guys doing over there? It's been so fun. I guess um, when you when you put it that way, I guess we're still a, a baby agency, Jason, but we're kind of like one of those babies that looks like an old man because we're, Benjamin we're an old Button. We're, I like to say we're a, um, a startup with lots of seasoned talent, which is true. <laughs> we have a bench at Quantum that, that it, I just love the rock stars that we work with, but oh, they pulled off some pretty in just crazy things in that past, I forget, 19 months. I forget where we are in the, yeah. in the uh, yeah. timeline there because it's a whirlwind. But um, in that period of time, first year in business, we wrote $22 million of new business, organic growth. Um, that means uh, it, it was mostly personal lines at, at the time, um, which, I mean, I get questions about that. You know, how did we do it? How many leads? It, uh, we we didn't do agent of record. We didn't do, it wasn't rolling over books. It was literally just new clients, brand new clients to quantum. So I have to give the team kudos for that. And that's why our sales process is so important. And something that I love talking about is like, how do you decide how you're going to talk to these, these people and these leads that are coming in? Um, we are an agency that has a flagship agency in Virginia and in Texas. And that's our quantum team that, um, serves clients in many different states, but we also have our quantum agency force that we rolled out last summer. And we have uh, almost 40 agencies now in states from Hawaii to New York. And part of what I get to do every day that I love so much is building out the programs and processes that help them um, make that step because I mean, they're making big changes in their agency. They're hiring new people. They're looking at different ways of marketing. They're, they're breaking down what their sales conversation is going to look like. So there's tons of work to be done. We're rolling up our sleeves to help these agencies um, be able to plug into the quantum ecosystem and put in place plans and, you know, different ways of doing business where it's still they're still the person that loves insurance, loves their community, loves their clients, but they want to learn these these new methods. And so they we come alongside them and help them put those action plans together. And so uh, one of the things we haven't talked about yet is like how you build a process, like how do you even create one? And you mentioned, you know, following up on it, holding people accountable to it. So the implementation of the process and um that that just doesn't that's just not everybody's cup of tea, Jason. Like it's I love not. it. I can do it all day every day. But it's okay if like the stuff we've been talking about, you're just like, er, this is I just don't even know where to start because 75% of people have to it, it's not your natural aptitude to mm -hmm. be able to just sit down and, and figure it out. So I'm happy, like call me, pick my brain, we can talk processes. I'm happy to share with you. Um anything to do with writing and, and building and creating a process because and if you think you're a process rock star a process queen reach out to caitlin and come on her podcast and discuss it as you can tell caitlin's always down no matter how early it is in the morning to talk process and things like that caitlin um so did you know that i'm going to be in dallas next monday and tuesday Nuh uh yeah you know no. why i'm going there Yay. i um I'm flying in on Monday afternoon. I'm flying out Tuesday evening. I told my wife three days ago, or three days ago, about three or four weeks ago, she said, what do you want to do for your birthday? And I mean, and it's like on a Tuesday. It's like boring day, you know? So I was like, you know what I want to do? I'm not a big golfer. And I said, I want to go play golf with Billy Williams. And she said, 
you should do that. And I was like, when, when mama says it's yeah. now the deal's done, right? Justin always wants to do things. And then he kind of runs it by Caitlin. And then he's like, she's like, yeah, we do that. He's like, he's like, yes, we're doing it. Right. You know, they don't all want to admit it, Caitlin, but it's the truth. Um, and so I did. So I just went and got some tickets. And so I'm coming in like two, two o'clock on Monday. Uh, we're going to hang out and then we're getting a early Tuesday. We're going to try and play like 36 holes of golf. And then I'm going to get back on the plane at five and fly home. Does that not just sound fun? You're going to get some barbecue while you're here, right? Uh, I, I, I probably will. I always do when I go to Texas, but well, yes. Or, you know, if you ask the agars where you should eat, we know some really good Korean barbecue. <laughs> really? Like top of my list. Yeah. Wow. That oh, sounds yeah, good. Kaylin, how day. close do you live to Dallas, to the Dallas airport, Love Field? 35 minutes. Yeah. So we're playing golf right around there. So he can easily just take me right to the airport. So, I mean, we're probably going to be pretty close. Um, I'll see what Billy has planned for Monday. I might have to drop over. He asked me to have people play and I was like, no, Billy, I just really want it to be you and I, cause I, I need that. I haven't had Billy for like three or four hours in a couple of years. It's always the 30 minute phone call. Hey, Billy, I'm trying yeah. to do this, you know? That'll be and so, great. I know. This is fun. Guys are gonna and, uh, love it. I think it's going to be awesome. And I like I Dallas. I'm Dallas not any good at golf. I'm good at sitting in the sun and wearing a cute ball cap. <laughs> <laughs> but you can, you know, we, we can maybe have dinner or something. So anyways, okay. Caitlin, greatly appreciate you. Thank you very much. I look forward to the next two podcasts. This is just how you and I always do. I did not have, a, I didn't picture us doing two more podcasts, but I looked <laughs> up and I saw the time and I'm like, oh my gosh, we've only talked about one part of this, you know, which is good, right? We're not here to get through this. You and I have thousands of podcasts that we're going to do in our lifetime. Um, the only goal is that we just try to provide value all the time, right? Anything you want to close up with? Loyal listeners, uh, thanks for tuning in to the agency intelligence platform. I'm, I'm glad that we're going to kind of unpack this a little bit more because it just gives you time to absorb it. So yeah. um, we'll catch you in a couple of days uh, with some more good stuff. Caitlin, appreciate it. And all you loyal listeners, you know what I do because I do it for you. Tell me your thoughts and tell me your ideas and I'm going to tell the world what you have to say. Today, this was Jason Cass and Miss Caitlin Agar. And what we were is we were giving you the real agency intelligence from real agents inside real agencies, giving you the real agency intelligence and not the artificial that they try to make you believe out there. This is Cass. She's Caitlin. We're out. <laughs>